Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Psalm 119 and reading for our text, verse 162. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Psalm 119, verse 162. The psalmist here, if it is David, knew what it was in warfare to, after a battle, to go out and to gather the spoil. Gather off those that were slain, riches, gold, apparel, crowns, all that they had, all that were the spoils of battle. We read when David went to recover his wives and families from the Amalekites that they had taken at Ziklag, they had great spoil and they sent it through all the coasts of Israel. The spoils of the Lord, what the Lord had given them from their enemies. We read of many times that they spent days after a battle going over the slain and gathering the riches. There had been a battle, there had been a deliverance, there had been a victory, but then there was the gathering of the spoil. It is a very vivid illustration. We cannot help thinking of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, in that great warfare and battle and that which he accomplished at Calvary, and that though he was slain, yet the benefits and the blessings that flowed out from his death and his sufferings, really the Church of God to the end of time is gathering of that spoil. How many times it is that through the gospel, through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, he turns the work of the enemy to a blessing. He turns the fall, the guilt of man, the sin of man, to be a blessing and a crown of glory for the saviour of sinners. He is the one that takes the wicked hands who crucified and slew our Lord Jesus Christ and makes it to be that foreordained work and glory that is due to the Lord to all eternity. We have the Lord Jesus Christ extolled and lifted up in what he has done for his people 
what he has accomplished for them. Many of the blessings that the people of God have, they come through those wrestlings, those fights with the adversary and in great trouble. Dear Jacob, as he wrestled, or the angel wrestled with him, and he prevailed. He had power with God and with men, and prevailed, and was given the name of Israel. And then when he saw Esau, his brother, he who he was so afraid of, that he feared for the mother, the children, the little ones, he saw him as the angel of God, the Lord appearing for him. The Christian pathway is a pathway of conflict. The children of Israel knew it going through the wilderness, especially at the end when Moab sent for Balaam to curse Israel. But God turned the curse into a blessing. And they were blessed those three times instead of cursed. We have the picture here of the battlefield. We have the picture of the spoils of war, of those things that are found after such battles. And the David, the psalmist, I believe here, he says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. When there was the famine in Samaria, the city was shut up in great straits, and the Lord caused the Syrian army to hear a sound as of a great company, and they fled. And there were four lepers sitting at the entrance of the gate. And they said, if we go into the city, there's the famine there, we shall die there. If we fall out to the Syrians, they can but kill us. And so they ventured out, and they found no man there, but empty tents and great spoil, and they began to gather it all and to hide it, to take it to themselves. And then they said, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings. Let us go and tell the king's household. The spoils that they were finding were not just to be hoarded up and kept for themselves, but the tidings of that spoil, of that great treasure, of that which was waiting to be gathered, was to be known and told to the king's household. And so they went in and told, and all, went out and were benefited from that great spoil. And yet they did not need to fight in that battle. God fought for them. 
He wrought for them. He gave them the spoil. He gave it them to gather. What pictures we have. Why the psalmist is saying here. Regarding the word of God. I rejoice at thy word. As one. That findeth. Great spoil. Is a good thing for us. When we are given these illustrations and we can picture these things. David here could picture the illustration very vividly. We can only picture it through the words of this same word, (coughs) the word of God. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Well, I want to look with the Lord's help at gaining some more help through this word. Rejoicing at God's word like finding great spoil. The first thing is to notice the source of this great spoil. Thy word. The second is the finding of it. The finding great spoil. And the third thing to notice is the rejoicing at thy word. But firstly, the source of great spoil. That's going back to the illustration. If it was a battle, the source of that spoil would be those that were slain in battle. With those in Samaria, it was what the Syrians had left. In each case, there is a source where that is actually coming from. And here we are told where this source is. Thy word. It doesn't say I rejoice at the word. The word of God, that would be right. But thy word. Jeremiah says thy words were found and I did eat them and they were to the joy and rejoicing of my soul. And I want to really convey that expectancy of finding great spoil in the word of God. Sometimes we can get so hardened and deadened We get so used to it and we need it revived to think that within the sacred pages of the Holy Bible, the word of God, thy word, God's word, is great spoil to be found, is great riches, is great treasures. 
those that were gathering it on the battlefield, whether they were poor or whether they were rich, it didn't matter. They were just gathering of that spoil, being provided for them. It was there. It was the result of a conquest, a result of a victory. And we have here to expect within the pages of the Holy Scriptures great spoil. It's a blessed thing where God gives us, we might say, a small compass. You don't have to look at all of the books in the world, the commentaries, men's works, and all what he's written about this or that, but just bring it to the Word of God. And I do like it as well when we have the Word of God. There's many times you might read, I think, I wish there was more detail there. We're not told much about that. Like to be told a bit more. And some men speculate on it, or they write many books on it, or go to secular writers or historians, and they fill in the gaps from the scriptures, and they write books for the people of God. But God says that what is written is sufficient. John says. That if all that the Lord Jesus did was written, the world couldn't hold the books. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and that in believing, he might have life through his name. When I was at school, especially trade school, with engineering, Many times we might ask our instructors, we want to know a bit more, a bit deeper than what we were being told that year. And you know the instructors, they said, at the end of the year you've got an exam. What you're asking us is not going to be covered in those questions. That's for another year. Don't worry about that. You just concentrate on what is needful this year. And the Lord in kindness says to his people, if it is not written in these sacred pages, you won't find that spoil that is promised. This is where it is to be found. This is where in my wisdom I have put all that you need for salvation, for your souls, for food, for believing, for warning, for admonition, everything. There is great spoil here. Every word of God is pure. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Yes, it is. And we count it that there is no error there. And there's nothing left out there. Sometimes we come across books and they say, well, these Old Testament saints, they were in just darkness. They didn't really know and have the light of the New Testament and therefore we've well, got to forgive them for writing that wrong and putting that wrong. Now, overlook that there's one author and they wrote what the Lord would have them to write. The Lord gave the word 
and great was the company of them that published it. So we have the word itself. We think of that when we read it at home, read it in private, when it's read in the word of God. As we go over these pages, here is a source of great spoil, great riches, great treasures. And we may say that all of these come from the conquest that our Lord Jesus Christ wrought. That which he accomplished at Calvary. And then we come not just to the red word but the preached word. Paul, he says, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the charge to us in the ministry is to preach the word. And there's that expectation that in that word that is preached shall be found great spoil as well from the same source as far as the word is preached the Lord owns it and blesses it and that we may expect that that spoil is brought to us through the ministry. The source is the word. Another source is the Holy Spirit. Now we know the Holy Spirit is the author of the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. But our Lord said of the Spirit, He shall bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. When the apostles were to go forth and preach, they had to tarry at Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. The word that the Thessalonians had, it came not with word only, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And that spoil that is to be brought forth from the Word comes with the authority of heaven and it comes through the Holy Spirit. It comes also as the Spirit is the remembrancer. You might have heard the Word preached, we might have read it, We're going about our business, our daily work, and the word comes to our remembrance. Or in time of need, we remember the word of the Lord. And we can expect wherever that word is, that we can find that great spoil. The blessed thing, to know where the source of blessings is, where it comes from. If we don't know, then we're liable to be left to looking in all sorts of wrong places. Our expectancy in places where there shall not be those blessings, riches and treasures. But God does not leave us in doubt as to the blessings that you and I need and where we shall find them. So firstly, 
the source of great spoil, thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. But secondly, finding great spoil. How is it to be found? What is this spoil that is found there? Comes to mind what Alan Cairns said, late Alan Cairns, when he was asked some direction as to how we should search the scriptures or how that we should understand the scriptures and he said this may seem a strange thing to say but the first thing to say is read the scriptures read the bible and he realized what is a solemn truth that even many that attend the houses of god many that go by the name of christian they don't read their bibles or they don't read them in a meaningful, consecutive way. They don't read them with prayer joined with it. Or to have this aim and this desire to find from it this spoil. We just have our reading. We just have our time of devotions without actually having an aim. Each time, where is he? Where is the blessing? Where is this spoil in the portion that I am reading? Finding this spoil then is to read the word and to attend upon the preaching of the word and not neglect the means, the field where the spoil actually is, and nor the throne of grace asking for the Lord to show you that treasure, reveal it to you. Great spoil. There's expectancy of it, isn't there? You might say with a psalmist here, he is Old Testament. He does not yet know in the full light of the coming of our Lord the fulfilment of all that is foretold in the scriptures. But we read when our Lord died again and again that the scriptures might be fulfilled. In other words, the Lord says, this is already written. It is already told and I am fulfilling it. And when the Lord met with the two on the way to Emmaus, he began at Moses and all the prophets and in all the scriptures He spoke to them of the things concerning himself. And as he did that, their heart burned within them. And afterwards, he revealed himself to them in the breaking of bread. Philip, 
when he preached the eunuch again, was given his text by God in Isaiah 53. The preaching of our Lord from that beautiful chapter we have spoken of as the Lamb that is led as a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before her, sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. And you know that dear man, he found Christ there. The eunuch was blessed there. That great spoil he found there through the scriptures that at first he couldn't understand and then was opened up to him through the preaching of the word. If we think of the literal battlefield when the kings went out to fight, very often, as David found when he was at Ziglag and the Amalekite came with Saul's crown uh, in his hand, the kings, they brought their crowns upon the battlefield. We said before, our Lord, though he fell, yet he conquered through death and through rising again. The scriptures, they speak of crowns, many crowns, but two crowns especially. The apostle speaks when he writes to Timothy of a crown of righteousness. How vital that we find that crown in the word of God. Not our righteousness, but the righteousness of the Lord. That told in Jeremiah, this is the name wherewith he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And the same name wherewith she, the church, shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And to be crowned with that, a righteousness not our own, but the Lord's. And then the Apostle speaks, John, uh, Peter does, of a crown of glory that shall be given to the people of God. All that love is appearing. What a blessed crown to be given, to find a crown of glory that fadeth not away. We think of finding, finding people. You think on the battlefield as they went through, maybe looking for a particular one, the king maybe, or some important person, and suddenly coming across them. We think of what Philip said to Nathaniel, we have found him, of whom the prophets did write. Jesus of Nazareth. And Nathaniel says, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip says, Come and see. And as he came and saw, he found that the Lord had already seen him underneath the fig tree before that Philip called him. 
And the same effect that it had with the woman at the well of Samaria. Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Those that find such a saviour, such a redeemer, such a one in the scriptures of truth. To hear John the Baptist say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And we find him. Those are sacred times. I remember well that time reading the passage where there wrestled a man with him to the breaking of the day. And I was reading just like I regularly read in my home. And the Lord so shone on that. A man. That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Pre-incarnation. Thou hast wrestled with God and with men. And hast prevailed. And we have many such appearances. And the first time that dawns. The first time you realise that. For the first time you see in a text, in a word, what you did not see before, and you maybe have read that portion many, many times. It may be under the preaching of the word, and for the first time, the light is shone upon it. Many of those who have been called by grace, who have been brought up under the sound of the truth, have said, we never heard that before. And if we've been there preaching, we say, but I've preached that many times. But they didn't have ears. And they didn't have eyes. And it was hidden from them. And they didn't realise it. But when the Lord opened their eyes and opened their ears, he caused them to find it. You think of perhaps another illustration of Ruth gleaning in the field. And there is left for her those handfuls of purpose that she finds. He is not handfuls of purpose, but it is spoils. The spoils of war is that which the Lord Jesus Christ has through his victories left for the people of God to view it and to see it. We think of the end of Deuteronomy and the blessing thine Shoes shall be iron and brass, and as thy days, so shall thy strength be. And to find these precious things in the word of God, the slain, the spoiled, to find shoes of iron and brass, but to find that in the spiritual way, the strength and help of Almighty God. The Lord says in John 10 and many other places, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of mine hand. To find in the sacred word, Peter, he says, and the Lord said, will ye also go away? He says, to whom can we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ the son of the living God to find those words they are life they are life to the soul eternal life to the soul 
food for the soul. You think of one of those aspects of the spoil that was being found in the Syrian camp. It was not gold, not apparel that was so precious then. It was the flower. It was the food. It was what they hadn't got. They couldn't live upon gold and apparel and all those things, but food. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Do we hunger and thirst after that? Being such want that those in Samaria were, so that when they found that spoil, it was so precious to them. Life-giving, food for the soul. Lord says in John 10, John 6, Except ye eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, ye have no life in you. How vital. The Lord said later on in that chapter, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Those are the words of the gospel all that centre in what our Lord accomplished at Calvary. Job, he says, deliver him from going down into the pit I have found a ransom. Imagine amongst the spoils in that way, one that is under the sentence of death, one that is hearing that without the shedding of blood there is no remission, and then to find, I have found a ransom. I have found an answer. I have found a way that my sins can be put away. I have found a way that God can be just and yet take a sinner to heaven and bless that soul. We think of the Christian pathway, <coughs> not just the salvation of a soul, but the pathway as well, as Paul sets it before us in this same analogy of a warfare in Ephesians 6. He says in verse 11, Put on the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So then he gives the whole armour of God that we are to take unto ourselves. And where do we find that? But in the word of God, and it actually is the word of God, and so we read, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, 
praying always with all prayer and all supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The whole armour of God is found in the Word of God, is found in these spoils, in that which comes from our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And our Lord is the author and finisher of our faith. We find also in the sacred word the captain of our salvation. He who met with Joshua, he was to go through and with them into the promised land. The captain of the Lord's host. There are many precious spoils found in the word of God and they're found like for those that came out of Samaria who are impoverished and weak and dying and helpless and have nothing. And yet there is treasure. There is just what they need. There are the spoils, the spoils of war, the spoils of the conquest of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. What he has purchased for his people through fighting a battle they could not fight, through dying and living again. Finding great spoil. I want to look lastly at rejoicing at the word. Our text says, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. It's a real test, isn't it? Do we rejoice at the word? Are we finding that which we really need? Not something just interesting, but something that we really need. Our soul longs after, hungers for, is in need of. And it has that effect. It causes us to rejoice. We read in Acts, in Acts 8, of Philip coming and preaching in the cities of Samaria. In verse 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. How simply. That's stated, isn't it? Christ was preached to them of Samaria. I hope we're able here, and that which you've heard earlier today, that Christ is preached, is lifted up, is set forth as the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. 
the gospel in that he has come and lived the life we could not live. He's died the death that we could not die. He's paid the debt we could not pay. And he's risen from the dead and he makes intercession for us in heaven. When Philip preached in that city, we read the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, those miracles that accompanied the apostles, that gave the authority that they did these things and preached this word by the Lord Jesus Christ as the word of God was being established and settled and set forth. But we read this in verse 8, and there was great joy in that city. When they heard that, the apostles heard in Jerusalem that they in Antioch had received the word of God. They sent Barnabas and Barnabas, he saw the grace of God and he was glad. He was glad when he saw the effect of God's grace, the effect of the treasures of the word of God. Those who have received of the spoils that flowed through our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel, its design is that there be an effect in sinners' hearts and in sinners' lives and that it should make glad those that are sad, that it should fill those that are hungry, that it should make those to rejoice when they find those blessings and treasures that are found in the word. How often the reality of the blessing of God is not so much that we can say, well, it was this text was blessed to me, or it was this what the minister said, or this word, but what the effect was upon us. In Acts 2, then they that gladly received the word were baptised. The effect of the unit was to make him desire to be baptised. The effect here in finding great spoil was to rejoice at that word. It didn't leave unmoved. The effect of the two on the way to Emmaus was to make their heart to burn within them. And sometimes we can remember the effect but not the word. And sometimes it is. And it was with me when the Lord blessed my soul there was no word. But it was just the effect. The burden of sin released. The blessed liberty and freedom and change and weight lifted. Later on, yes, through the word. But many times I felt that. Going burdened and crying to the Lord for days and then a great peace. Lord, why this peace? 
And then the Lord drop in the word, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Telling why the peace was there, why the effect was there. How glad we are when the Lord gives relief and gives help in that way. Rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Really there's a preparation, isn't there? Our Lord spoke of those and in the parables of the woman with her lost peace. And she swept the house and when she found it she called all her neighbours to rejoice. He was teaching about repentance, joy in heaven. But you know there's joy on earth. When those who have felt lost, know that they're lost when they find the Saviour or the Saviour finds them and they find those precious words that are left there for such poor sinners and they rejoice at those words. They rejoice at what they have heard and what they have received. I rejoice at thy word. Maybe you come this evening seeking and saying and praying, Lord, give me a token, Lord, for good. Set thy seal upon thy work in my heart and in my life. Give a true token as to what Rahab said. Well, he is a true token. Have you ever rejoiced at the word of God? Has it gladdened your heart? as it made you leap, as it were, as a heart. Have you felt it is that which my soul has sought after, longed for, desired? He satisfieth a longing soul. Those that are needy sinners find in the Lord Jesus Christ that which glads their soul. We mentioned that of dear Job, deliver him from going down into the pit. I have found a ransom. Wouldn't you rejoice? Wouldn't I rejoice? If we had the sentence of death so feelingly on us and there was a way found that that could be completely removed. The threat of it, the burden of it, the cloud of it, the terror of it, wouldn't we rejoice? I hope some of us have rejoiced. But maybe rejoice and know it again. Maybe this evening we think back and we think, if only I knew that now. If only I had that still. May it raise up a prayer in our hearts. Lord, again, may I find in thy word Great spoil. May it again have that effect to cause me to rejoice. When the Lord appeared to the disciples in the upper room, we read, Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. They rejoiced to see him arisen, appearing to them. But what is more remarkable when the Lord ascended up into heaven, they weren't to see him any more here below. 
But they had his promise that, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. By his spirit and by his grace, they returned and were daily in the temple, praising God. They were rejoicing. Why? Because they understood at last God's plan. They could see clearly what had been accomplished, what had been done, what had been finished. The Romans hadn't won the victory. The Jews had not won the victory. Christ had won the victory. The scriptures had been fulfilled. The work of redemption had been done. And now it is being done in the hearts of the people of God as they through this same sacred word that was fulfilled again and again at Calvary is brought into their hearts and they find it and they rejoice at this word. I, may we be able to join with the psalmist in this. Not just read, the psalmist rejoiced at thy word, but I, I rejoice. And you know it's not even past tense, is it? It's not, I rejoiced at thy word. I rejoice at thy word. Now, I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. It will never wear out, you know, dear friends. The blessing, the provision, our dear Saviour in the sacred word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And it is a provision for the church of God while time remain. It points them to the Saviour and they find the Saviour there and they find great spoil there, great blessings that come to them through Jesus' precious blood. May that be our happy portion. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. Amen.